You are listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. We want to invite your attention this morning, the gospel according to St. Mark, chapter number 9. Our Father, we are so thankful that on this side of eternity, Thou hast granted us another opportunity to assemble ourselves. How you so graciously watched over us, Lord God, blessings that this world and much of the church world takes for granted. But Lord, we are especially blessed of God. Our families, our children, my God, you you wrought in their behalf. You blessed them and you opened doors for them. Did so many things. Dangers seen and unseen, you hid them and protected them from them. And they're living sometimes totally oblivious, don't even realize, don't even recognize. But we do, and we thank you for it. Now we've come together, you've revealed truth unto us. Millions of people are under gross deception, headed for a deceived eternity. Well, you open our eyes, and we thank you for it. Now just bless us and auctionize our hearts and open the hearts and minds of the people. Give us receptive hearts. Grant that we'll not be the same anymore after even today. Father, we should be changed from glory to glory. We don't want to stagnate. There's room at the top for us all. So grant we'll reach for the stars in Jesus' name. Have your sweet ways in Jesus Christ's name in this service. We'll not fail the preacher because we ask it in Christ's name. For his sake. Amen. Mark chapter 9. Beginning with verse number 27. Verse number 24, if you will. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit saying unto him thou dumb and deaf spirit I charge thee come out of him and enter no more into him and the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and he was as one dead insomuch that many said he is dead but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could 
not we cast him out and he said unto them this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting our thought today hard cases hard cases Jesus is teaching here and certainly we need to learn the lesson that every case that we face is not the same. We need to be awakened this morning to that fact. People seems to feel that they are they are are treading an even course on a placid and calm sea and there be no ruffles or waves on the water. That every demon you face you will be uh, immediately able to kick him out of the window and no aftermath. But Jesus is teaching a lesson here today that we all need to learn and we need to learn quite clearly. And that you should know by now. Now you listen. Even every case that comes to us is not the same. Everybody that say I want to be saved and delivered, they're not the same. Some people bow at the altar a couple of minutes, repent thoroughly, gets up with a witness, deliverance in their souls. Others, quite different. Some you pray, and in fact, there are some situations in your own life you find more difficult to turn loose. You don't know what we are facing when presentations are made to us. When people come to us, I get phone calls within and without. Come on! We are faced with things we never dreamed of. Things that we've never faced before. And how you deal with these cases or your capability of dealing with them going to make all of the difference in the world. In fact, your future, your eternal future will be determined by your ability to deal with certain cases. There is no way that we can predict what might come your way. I don't care how secure you are, how much insurance you have, and what your parentage might be, or where you're located, or, or who you have close association with. There are some cases that's coming that are going to be beyond them. You'll know it year long. You'll be fully aware of that. Here we got a situation. The disciples had done this work before, mind you. This was not the first situation that they had faced of this sort. But this one is of a different magnitude. And in fact, you better pray because you might be one of those cases, whether you know it or not. In fact, 
some of you are <laughs> not here this situation was not diverse in kind but it was in depth the disciples had been accustomed to rebuking spirits and walking roughshod over situations but here is one that was quite different God saved you and you just sailed smoothly the enemy came against me I rebuked him saints and I'm going all the way with God another situation arose and the enemy tried to wear me out and he tried to ground me to powder but here I am still dwelling on the mountain unaffected and unperturbed but now here's a situation you come one day and your face has a different expression your appetite is not normal you pulled your belt in another loop not because you're fasting this is, is a kind of involuntary fast you just couldn't eat today because of the weight of the situation that came upon you but you're shaking the others I preach so many messages along this line by and by everything that has come your way heretofore you've dealt with it successfully you've given up this you've dropped that and you gave up the old boyfriend the old girlfriend and, and the world and this that and the other but here comes the situation now if you are minded today that every situation that you might face will be the same you have another thought coming so they were they were appalled they were confused they didn't know how to deal with it this, Lord wait what's going on here now here's a situation that heretofore we have dealt with and I'm going to tell you something if you face a situation that might be diverse in kind you need to know your capabilities if you can't deal with it you can't deal with it and claiming to deal with something that you don't have the ability to do you deceive your own self trying to claim victory and the situation stabbed you in the face and you couldn't move it many people are deceived today because they are claiming a victory that they did not win they face the situation and they uh, exhausted their little resources but the thing is no different than it was at the outset but because you want to be numbered with the victors you claim the victory that was never actually accomplished even in your personal life you're claiming many times a deliverance that you don't really have to be impressive and that's serious and dangerous you're claiming a victory and there's an enemy standing up in the background saying you didn't defeat me you're claiming you're raising both hands in exultation and lust says what's this all about I'm still resident in your life 
and you begin to leap with joy in ecstasy and your temper says I still rises up and causes you to go off on people from time to time take your seat please a holiday but here's the situation the appalling aspect is that you've been dealing with it for five years and ten years and still you find it from time to time and when you're backed against the wall that it is just as alive as ever and one day one day when the cup spills over you will admit what you should have admitted at the outset You know what the disciples did when they found that they just did not have the wherewithal and they could not any longer circumvent the issue. They took Jesus aside and wait until he went into the house so they would be undisturbed by the crowd and said, Lord, why? What's the matter with us? Lord, there's something wrong with me. I finally admits it. I've had a weakness all along that I tried to ignore. But now I've got to face it. One of these days you're going to face your weakness. One of these days, and I'm trusting that it would not take a failure. I'm trusting you would not have to fall flat on your face before you admit it. I'm trusting you would not be back in a corner and you'll find you're not able to come out before you, before you acknowledge it. We're living in a time now where people refuse to acknowledge a problem, a situation, until it has overtaken them. And that's real, that's real serious. If you are honest and want to be right, at the first indication of a problem, I have a problem. How do you know? Because that thought came and I tried to rebuke it and it's still there. I have a little problem here. I have a tendency in that direction and I, and I know it's not good and I know where it will eventually lead me to and I can't shake it. I got a problem. Don't wait until you have embraced the thing and gotten all off into it and now try to fight your way out. I got a problem. I guess you have. Now, now you have more than a problem. You have a situation. <laughs> Come on! Now, now the thing that you had which was a probability has grown into a likelihood. It's increased now. You could have handled it when it was just a faint probability, but now it's a likelihood. You might end up in it tomorrow. The disciples recognized the gravity and the depth of their situation, and they took Jesus aside and said, Lord, said, Lord, let me, let me, let me read that verse. What verse do I want? Took him by the hand, lifted him up. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, Why couldn't we do it? Lord, why could I resist that temptation? Why did he keep sparing passionately at the forbidden? Why did I have to do it? Why did I have to re-enter our forbidden relationship? Why did I have to do it? Why did I have to go beyond the pastor's instruction when he was instructing me for my own benefit? Why did I have to cross the standards and teaching of the church to satisfy my own whims? Why couldn't I stop? I wanted to. I knew I should have, but why couldn't I? What was the problem? 
One of these days, one of these days, one of these days, you're going to ask why, but I'm, I'm trusting it'll not be at a time when you'll have a great penalty to pay for your late seeking. All right. Now here. You know what they want? Let me tell you something. It is spiritual mockery to try or to claim or to attempt to deal with a situation that you know you're not capable of dealing with. I says, brother, you seem to have a little situation here. I, I instructed you to leave that alone. And, and you go, well, I take care, brother. I have no problem. Don't worry about me. Now, you know good and well, you've had about ten lapses. And that is a clear indication that you were not able to deal with this situation. So now, how are you going to take care of it this time? That's mockery. It's mockery to even face this situation because you know you can't. Son, I notice your eyes are just raving here, and and you seem to you seem to have a, a tendency to 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 focus on certain spots, on certain people, or certain genders, and and uh, I, I I notice that seemed to have become a constant practice of yours. You know, Brother Hampton, I recognize that, but you know what? I took that thing before the Lord, and and you know what? Thank the Lord. It's all over. Well, you know, but this is only about the seventieth time you've done that. So you, you so you, you have a situation that that's beyond your ability to handle, and 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 you you you'd better admit it in a right way and get some help before it develops to a point that you can't be helped. All right, Lord. Why could we not cast him out? That spirit that causes me to tend in the wrong direction, why couldn't I stop on my own, Lord? Why couldn't I stop? I've been trying to stop. You know I was, I was sincerely seeking to stop. I wanted to drop it like a hot potato, but it's still hanging on. Why? Jesus, all right, I'll give you a very simple answer. Listen, the answer to our dilemmas are not nearly as complex as we try to make them. Well, then I tried, I tried, I prayed, I prayed. Listen, please, 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 please. I've been around too long. Don't, don't, don't bring me that. Don't bring me that despair story like you've done all you know to do. And I did all that, but I'm still in the same hole. That's not so. Listen, if you are in a situation regarding to how desperate it might be, if you have the right attitude, God will get you out of it. And I know he will. You don't need to try to define it to me and give me all the fine details. You don't need to do all of that. I know the I know God's ability. He's alright. Now you seem to be in a quandary as to why you couldn't handle the situation. I'm gonna tell you why. This is a hard situation. This is more than the usual. The spirit that this man has is not one that just scampers when you say boo. This kind only come by fasting and prayer. Wasn't that, that's a simple solution. You see how simple it was? But what's the situation? The flesh. <laughs> Who wants to fast and pray all the time? So there's no need of, of uh, having seminars and going all over the country trying to find a solution to a simple problem. This kind only come by fasting and prayer. 
you got to go beyond your little ordinary Lord bless you've got to dig down into the depths of your soul and be willing to go to whatever extent of sacrifice necessary that's what it is that solution still stands today brother I know the solution all over the land and the prayer meetings and the council meetings and the camp meetings and people why why don't we have the power why do we have the glory this little simple answer this kind only come by fasting and prayer consistently oh no that's not the solution well why don't you try it you'll see and you're deceiving yourself trying to go all around the world to find another solution when Christ has clearly and definitely given you a proper and a right solution this kind only comes by fasting and prayer and it still comes through the same means through the same means there's an answer for your dilemma and I know it is and people going around with unanswered situations year after year year after year listen listen your ability our ability to deal with hard cases will be the means by which the church is perpetuated now I'm going to show you something let me let me show you something this might be my focal point for this morning the message that we preach is it's clear, pungent, and it's right. But our message alone will not do the job. Christ's message alone did not do the job. The apostles' message alone, the prophet's message alone did not do the job. And my message alone will not. I don't care how clear, how anointed it might be, it's going to take more than rhetoric more than enticing words more than a good sermon regardless to how scriptural it might be alright listen if it took a solution for hard cases in biblical days it's going to take the same thing today you mind what there are some preachers who can preach with such intensity and clarity that they'll put most people to naught. They're so persuasive. And they're doing so many things that seem so real. And they are just within my cousin's house in St. Louis. She's so steeped in religion. She got all those books by all those persuasive religious people. And they are just carried away all she and her family and all is something about the persuasiveness of certain individuals that is just magnetic just draws people and you're not going to out talk those false groups you're not going to out with them out debate them the differentiation will be in your ability to deal with hard cases when they fail, bring them to me. Bring them to us. And thank God, when they go away with the solution, the argument is over. The debate is settled. Who's right and who's wrong will no longer be an issue. 
Why? Because Jesus said, believe me for my work's sake. The one that's where I am. See, we are in such a time of controversy and people are demeaning you and demeaning your character and negating all that you do. If you don't have something more than an argument, you're just going to be lost in a shuffle. But here, but here. Acts chapter 12, verse 1, quickly. I have it here for you. About the time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Here, dear one, the, the rulers of that day was attempting to exterminate the church. Do away with them! And they were doing a good job. They were well on their way. The Bible spoke about that dragon ready to devour the children as soon as they were born. That was pagan Rome. That dragon symbolizes pagan Rome and they were waiting to devour the children of God, the early church, as soon as they were born. On the day of Pentecost, that nation was born, a holy nation. And that nation was in danger by the dragon. And they were devouring them. And listen, they started right at the head. They started out with one of the chief apostles, James, if you will. Brother, the devil is swinging hard, brother. He want to get those people that will affect you most. He knows if you take the good anointed preachers, you don't have a chance. That's why he's after that you better pray for your preacher. You better pray hard. Pray that we God take it for granted if you want to. The devil knows if he can keep you from an anointed message, your soul will dry up and fly away. He knows that. So then, they immediately started at the very heart of the church. The apostles, if you will. And succeeded. They beheaded James. And brother, the executioners were ready for the next. And if the church had not been equipped, if they could not deal with hard situations, if they could not pray down miraculous power of God, it would have been all over. Now I'm t you can you can take it or leave it. I'm going to tell you something today. You listen. If you are of the of the beguiled notion that just because a person have to be a saint of God or, or God going to perpetuate the thing by himself, you're wrong. God going to leave something up to you. And if you cannot pray it through, you lose. And you lose big. I often tell the saints about my wife's pastor 50 years ago died a man of God, a man of faith, a man of standards. And trusting God with a fairly simple situation. And they called a sister from Pennsylvania God had been using with divine healing. And she said, he's not going to get well. You people ain't got no faith around here. You got sloppy. 
you're not living up to the message and so you're going to lose your pastor you're going to lose him they lost him and went off into apostasy all of that good teaching all of that those uh, exemplary standards they lost him now here well why didn't God keep him do you feel that God is just going to work arbitrary in every situation there's something God going to leave up to you well, why don't God heal my little child? He see him sick and just and, and he's wasting away. Well, okay, you ought to be in a position to pray for him. If you don't, you lose him. Yes, God can heal him. Yes, God is merciful. But there's something God leave up to you. Something God is not going to acknowledge the ministry. Why? Because it's your job. Something God not just going to send an angel to do because it's your job. You're going to pray the angel down. And if you you if you can't pray the angel down, he's not coming. They've already killed James and Peter's there in the next cell. So, but we better get on and be with God, or we in a mess here. Thank God we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna fool around here and start off on the wrong foot. So we, we better get on and be with God, and they did it too. They did it. Let's see what he says. My God, when Mary would have brought forth, brought him forth the same night. Listen, listen, listen. All right, back of the verse five. Read that for me. Verse number five. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing. Of the church, my God, they wouldn't stop praying. <laughs> they said, "We're going to pray now." You don't have to call a scheduled prayer meeting and and and, our, and get together and organize. They realize we're in trouble here. This is a hard situation here. My God, listen. If you read the details. He was sleeping between two quaternions. I think quaternion is four. And they were bound with chains and keepers of the door of the prison. In other words, they definitely did not mean for him to get out. They meant to kill those babblers, as they called them. They meant to get rid of the church in short order, and they were doing it. They were doing it. But Brother Hampton, would God just stand back and let him do it? Yeah, if you don't pray. If you don't get in position to pray right, you see. If you can't pray the angel down, the angel won't come. And I'm telling you that. That's why I don't give much credence in these false prophets claiming the gift of divine healing. I all got all these multitude of people slain by the Spirit. Why? Because... They think they just play a game and, 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 and the angel is going to come down automatically and pull something out on them, brother. If the angel come down, you're going to pray him down. Because that's what the Bible said. The Bible said that. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If they ain't in the sycamore, you call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with all in the name of the Lord. You're going to do more than say some little words over somebody's head and they're going to fall out on the floor and jump up hill. Now you can believe that. Because the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer. And that's what they did in this case. They prayed effectually and fervently. And not until then. Well, you know, God knows that he, that's an apostle. And God knows how bad we need a preacher. Well, you just need him. And, the, and, and James, well, you, you'll just be without him. If you don't pray the angel down. And, and they were without him. And they were getting ready to be without Peter, I'm going to tell you. And when Herod, verse number 6, would have brought him forth, the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, 
and the keepers before the door kept the prison and behold the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison that was a hard situation now you need to read the detail there of how of how secure this man was incarcerated here they had him in maximum security if you please my isn't this encouraging the devil can put you in maximum security the devil can lock you up in the innermost prison but God can get you out Ah, if the church is by get out of the building with God, we can pray out. Oh, yes, we can too, amen. And we have done it. We just got through with one. But they want their others to come. There are going to be situations that are going to involve the church, there are going to be situations that involve just you. You're going to have some hard cases that you and God, just you and God, are going to be in the arena. And the devil, of course. And if you don't have in your soul what you need, you're going to come out second best. Because I'm going to leave it up to you. If you want the church to go on, then get out of bed with God. You think you're just going to work the apostle of the devil? You're going to sit up, amen, and try to be a big sanctified church member, amen, and, and, have some, and have some good shouts and praising and go on about your business. But if you don't pray and pray right and stay on your faith before God and keep your vision clear and realize your need of devotion to prayer and fasting, you're going to be without them. God said, you can go out of business if you want to go out. I got the fight. I got the fire burning, but you're going to keep it burning. I started the fire initially, but you're going to put wood on the fire, or you're just going to be a hiss and a byword. Hard cases. See, the Pharisees couldn't deal with these kind of cases. Now, the apostles by no means were the only religious people of this day, but the difference was the other groups could not deal with these hard cases and there was no question about who was right. You can, you can stop the mouth of the gainsayers. Oh yes you can too. Thank God you deal with some cases that people knows that nobody but God can do. When the doctor throws their hand up it says too late. Your bowels are locked. It's too late. You should have come sooner. You should have got surgery before now. And you know what that means. Ask any medical authority. And come on! The appendix of birth now. Paraphernalia said that you should have come before. When they felt that pain, that pain, you should have come then. Now it's too late. Now get the, get your funeral shroud ready. They did that. We've had them to do that and inform the family. Because you're not going to survive, amen, and a ruptured appendix. Paraphernalia stayed in and you're done. What happened? Thank God for the faith of God. The church got down to pray. Hard case, my God, beyond medical science. We can't, we can't, we can't promise you anything. We'll do what we can. I'm going to tell you something. You let people tell you that you're being a fool to trust God if you want to. Let them tell you that. But I'm going to tell you something. There are coming cases where, by their own admission, the doctor is going to tell you. One of these days, I don't care who your specialist might be, go to Minnesota, Mayo Brother Clinic, or go to uh, Columbia University where Bob Hopewin got his eyes situated. But guess what? In a little while, they're going to be closed again. And, uh, and, and, and Dr. So-and-so won't be able to open them this time. So you can brag on your specialist and where he went to school and his credentials and, and, and the cases that he's uh, won so far and how he restored certain things and all this kind of thing. Do all that you please. Do you want to let me tell you something? There's nothing too hard for God. 
Be faithless. Now the Bible, I'm not, I'm not bothered because you don't believe it. Because the Bible says when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? So I'm not bothered by you not believing it. You, you, you're not supposed to believe some of you. Because you've not built the foundation to believe. But you're not going to bother me by that. You're not going to get me saying my message because you won't believe. You're not going to have me throw away the, what the Bible teaches because you don't believe. Divine healing is right. And it's right regardless of who does otherwise. It's right if nobody trusts God. It's right if everybody quit praying. It's right if every false prophet says wrong. And not only that, by their own admission, you're going to have some cases that the doctor will tell you too hard. I can't, there's nothing we can do about it. We just had one. Over the way. And they say, look. All, they say, we're not going to try to treat it. We're not going to try to treat it. All that we can do is try to make them comfortable. So just give them all the morphine and dope they want. Just let them imbibe it. Don't worry about getting hooked. Just give it to them. Just pour it down them. We're not going to treat them. We're not going to do anything. But try to keep them comfortable. There will come a time when that one you have so entrusted your hope in going to let you know that nothing we can do but try to keep them comfortable. And when you start squalling and squealing, all they're going to do is bring one of those half an empty needles and pop you. Until you finally sleep to wake no more. But is there anything too hard for God? No, when you look at it out of man's eyes, it is. When you listen to the skeptics, it is. Because you're going to say, God gave us common sense and God don't expect it. Well, you can believe that if you want to. You can believe whatever you will. How do you know? Because there are so many people with everything at their fingertips have called on the man of God. But then we have your people pray for us. Well, you, you ignored us. You disparaged us. You said it's unreal what we're teaching, what we're doing. But now you've gone to your extreme and man can't help you and by his own admission and, and, the, and you're thrown in the towel. Now, it seems that you have come to realize and think you should have realized a long, long time ago that God is still on his throne and that there's nothing too hard for God. People will come to realize that one day those who make light of it now. So you, it's good to learn early. It's good to learn early. That's why by God's grace we're destined to keep God in our midst if everybody just leaves. Amen. We want to keep God approval if everybody else disproves us. That's what will perpetuate the real church. What? Being able to deal with hard cases. Now here. Well, let me tell you this. Now we know this. God sometimes is glorified. Why did God let the... When the church needed him so badly, so desperately, why would God let him die? God weighs the past finding out. Something you can know and something you'll understand better by and by. But in my estimation, this church never would have prayed like this if they had not lost this beloved apostle. Even if it had been just an ordinary individual. God knows how to get our attention. When we look back from eternity, we're going to see some of us might have lost our God if God had not allowed something drastic to come our way. 
Amen. So don't charge God foolishly. You trust God's wisdom as much as you do His power. All right. Uh, this is going to distinguish the true church in this last days from anyone else on the earth. In the book of First Kings, chapter seventeen, verse seventeen. First Kings, seventeen, seventeen. Came to pass. After these things, the the son of the woman, what? The mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore, there was no breath left in him. Go on. He said unto Elijah, she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? He said unto her, Give me thy son. Took him out of her bosom, carried him up into the loft where he abode, laid him upon his own bed, cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, had thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times, cried unto the Lord, and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child sow. And people said that we don't have a soul. This child's soul left him. Left him! Came back again. You got a soul. That's going to leave you one of these days. And in many, most cases, it's not going to come back to this particular body, not this one. And that soul cannot die. That soul is going to live somewhere throughout eternity. We're flouncing around here today, my God, with these little flimsy, fragile, temporary houses that we're living in, these little bodies, and placing all of this and pampering it and, and doing all this and trying to preserve it I don't care what you do this body going to deteriorate you can get your little health food book and you eat your alfalfa hay and grass and 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 then and, and goat's milk for beef what you want to eat you're going to die you're getting out of here so you can, you can depend on that you understand now you might have a little longevity and you might not but that's still going to live somewhere the soul is going to live somewhere. So don't get excited about no new peel or portion. Which might or might not work anyway. Let this child's soul come into him again. Go on. Verse 22. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again. And he revived. Go on. Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. Go on. And the woman said to Elijah, No! Go on. By this I know, I heard you preach, I heard you prophesy, I saw you go forth, but now I know. Why? They were in a hard situation here. And others could not scratch the surface. You dealt with it. 
busted. Now I know. Listen, listen. That's how people will know the difference. That's how the people gonna know the difference. Wait, you listen to me. The difference than you and other people. You're gonna have some hard situations. You're gonna have some tragedies. There will be those who are close to you who might be involved in some tragic and some terminal situation. You're gonna have it. You might have your husband to decide after the first six months, I'm finished. You won't see me anymore. Do the best you can. If I get a little something extra, I'll send it to you and the children. You might have a wife, and we've had plenty of that, says, I just don't want to be married anymore. Why? Why was the situation? I just don't want to be married anymore. That's all. I just don't want to be married anymore. You might face that! And now to walk around the rest of your life hugging your pillow instead of your bow that's a hard situation. Yes it is too because you invested so much into it. You look forward to that event with such eager anticipation. You have lived in ecstasy six months before the event and now all of a sudden you are bereft of your dreams. What you thought would be an everlasting dream has become a horrible nightmare. That's going to be a hard situation. You've got to readjust your mind now. That's why, that's why I praise and I glorify and I encourage and do all that I can to support these precious ones who have been victims of that kind of thing because that's a hard situation. Those of us sitting by and see one or two have done it victoriously think it's nothing, but it's not. It's a hard situation, and I know it is. And sometimes perhaps I don't give much credence to it as I should. It's a hard situation! Because most of them ain't going to be hard because they're going to do what they want to do. If it's number, if it's number six, they're not going to let it be hard. They're going to walk out of it. Amen. You're going to have some hard situations. And your ability and the world is, is, uh, are comparing how you are going to deal with it in comparison to others that they've seen. Come on! And when others who go to despair and do all kind of irrational, extreme and foolish things and notice you you calmly deal with the situation it's going to make a difference oh yes it will too when they see you're not doing what the nominal religionists do when they see you're not making wild irrational moves it's going to make all of the difference in the world all of the difference in the world what the fact that you were able by the grace of God to cope successfully and triumphantly in a situation that made a greasy spot out of others they're going to wonder what is it that causes you to ride the tide that's taking the world under and so many others they're going to wonder whether you get the grace the well is all to deal so successfully 
And I see others going under. Day after day. Moment by moment. What is it that keeps you standing tall with your head up? When others are being bludgeoned into submission by similar situations. What is it? What is it? That's going to make a difference, children. That's what causes the church to expand. Thank God when the apostles preaching this gospel and they were beating them and slashing their backs with those whips and they come out praising God and proving they had an unquenchable fire in their souls and when the world and false religionists looked upon them the power of God and the conviction that went along with it was so clear and so pungent that they came by the thousand I want that Sabbath I want that I want that I want that knowing that as soon as they get saved they will be set up to persecution and maybe even their lives taken but the reality of that spirit of that Holy Ghost was a such they couldn't resist it they couldn't resist it and that's and when you get such an experience you will become irresistible to every honest soul that's why people will travel by a thousand religious organizations to get to God's church why? Because they sense something that they can't get anywhere else. That is only that is only resident in God's church. And God help us to live in a dark, cold world who's after your throat and couldn't help you if they would. And you're gonna turn your back on your only source of help? God help us. We must be positioned spiritually. If those people had not been in a position where they could pray clean through, they would have suffered a drastic and an irreversible loss. Luke 22:40. Quickly, we're going to move on. Luke 22:40. And when he was at the place, when he was at the place, said unto them. What? Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. Uh, from them about a stone's cast. And kneeled down and prayed. Kneeled down and prayed. Saying, saying Father, Father, if thou be willing, if thou be willing remove, this cup. remove this cup. Nevertheless, nevertheless not, Lord have mercy. Listen. And the next verse says, There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, prayed more earnestly. Lord, this is a hard case. Now you listen to me. Do you realize? Get, I want you to get the, the, the depth of this agony and the involvement of this particular case. Listen to it. When Jesus went through the great temptation, get this, children. The devil emptied his quiver. Will somebody listen to me? Everything he could present to Jesus to overthrow him. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus stood like a man and says, And when he got sick of him, get behind me. Not this time. Not this time. Thank God you can switch around and put your hand in your vest strap because you went through two or three hard situations if you want to. Some minutes are coming.
Gurudeva came to me.